Hello, and welcome to the AgriFood Safety Produce Bites podcast, where we discuss all things produce safety and dive into the rules and regulations surrounding the Food Safety Modernization Act Produce Safety Rule. I'm Allison Work, and I'm the digital media designer for MSU Extension. Our episode today is about food safety on urban farms. My name is Erin Caudell, and I'm a farmer in Flint, Michigan. I uh, own a grocery store called The Local Grocer, and our farm is a nine and a half acre farm just outside of the city of Flint limits. Um, And then we also sell our product at the Flint Farmer's Market, and we have a CSA that is cooperatively run with two other farms. I'm Micah Hutchison, and I'm the produce safety technician housed at the Genesee Conservation District. I work with fruit and vegetable growers in Genesee, Lapeer, Livingston, Saginaw, Shiawassee, Oakland, and Tuscola counties on best practices and ways to reduce possible microbial contamination of fresh produce on their farm. So what would you guys say distinguishes urban farming from farming in a more rural environment? Um, I think that some of the differences or what makes urban agriculture kind of unique is that you're often growing on smaller plots of land that um, you would want to get your soil tested, your water tested, because those are things that really have not been in your control. They have maybe been, um, you don't know the history of the site, so it's not like a generational farm type of scenario where you would be coming in and knowing how the soil has been treated or knowing what has um, happened to the water. Um, There's also um, not only contamination in the soil, but there may have been dumping on your site. There may be trees that um, need to be removed. Um, There may also be neighbors that aren't supportive of what you're doing. Yeah, I I agree. I think that one of the biggest things I've seen and differences with urban farming versus a rural environment has to do with the neighbors. There are questions of vandalism. Um, Sometimes certain aspects of farming in a city can be cost prohibitive, like water, but other things can be like beneficial. Um, For example, in Flint, sometimes the land is really reasonable to buy, but then you're also up against other challenges like dealing with your city authority, your land bank authority, zoning policies. Yeah, I was going to add, especially with um, seasonal high tunnels, your, um, if in an urban environment that may not have been um, processed through the, the policy system, there may be a lot of like, not really sure what you can, what structures you can and cannot put up. Um, we've been through that in Flint and um, was definitely really challenging uh, to kind of educate the community and uh, work to get policy passed. Policy seems really hard. I wasn't part of that. And maybe Erin can speak more of like, it's hard to have a diversified farm sometimes in a city because there are ordinance against like small livestock or poultry, um, which can be prohibitive to some farmers. Um, different communities, in, especially in Michigan, have done different things with that. Um, at some point, I sat on uh, the Michigan Department of Ag and Natural Resources. We had a small 
uh, Urban Ag Committee that looked particularly at um, animals in urban agriculture. And there, I mean, as with any communities, um, there's going to be really different approaches, um, but they were really looking for something that they could legislate at the state level. Um, they're really, because it is such a complicated issue it, around food safety, around safety of neighbors, um, there really wasn't anything that came of it. Um, different communities like Detroit have passed their own um, policies around small animals. Um, other cities in Michigan have done um, chickens, and there's a lot of different um, precedents that, that you can apply in your own communities. So do you guys want to talk a little bit more about the food safety risks that are unique to urban farming? I was just going to talk about um, uh, like hand washing challenges around water access. So, you know, in Flint, where we have the ability to rent a lot um, from the Genesee County Land Bank or purchase a vacant lot um, that may or may not be adjacent to a home, that you, like, it may not be next to your house. So um, like with a lot of community type gardens, when you're starting to do urban agriculture, access to water can be really challenging. So if it's not, if you're working a plot that's not next to your house or a house where you can access water, that has been a huge challenge for urban farming. Um, it is possible in some uh, municipalities to put in a well um, for agricultural purposes that uh, would give you access to water. Um, I do know other farmers who have to bring in their own water um, for hand washing and other uh, washing of bins. Um, you know, it's one of the major challenges to, to food safety. I agree with um, water is a huge hurdle that I see on a lot of farms I visit. And not just for hand washing, but also for irrigation, um, the need to water the crops has led to a lot of water catchment systems, which may or may not be monitored for any kind of like bacterial water testing. Um, and that also includes any water that's been used for post-harvest. So when farmers who don't have water access are on their farm and they're harvesting their vegetables, they may be using water that's been stored in a rain barrel or in a like catchment pond in that post-harvest process, which, nece which might not necessarily be the safest water to use at that time. Um, and then there has been some misunderstandings, at least in Flint, on what we're testing water for when it comes to safety. After the Flint water crisis, looking for le high lead levels in your water became like a practice that farmers were concerned about, but they haven't necessarily been as educated on looking for those coliform levels when doing water tests. So then other than water, what are some other food safety risks that might be found on urban farms? I think that composting can be a on-farm food safety risk making sure that the compost that's being used, especially when it's from um, like the table scraps or things being used in cooking. So if you're cooking something and you're chopping up vegetables, making sure that the time temperature levels are 
um, recorded on the farm when using compost. Also, I've seen um, kind of some ideas around compostable toilets and the safety of using compostable toilets on fresh fruits and vegetables. And then I think another big hurdle is training, um, finding enough consistent labor, training in mid-season, using friends and families and volunteers and getting them trained to those food safety policies is a challenge. All right. And do you guys have any suggestions for how some of these risks can be reduced or how urban farmers can improve the food safety on their farm? Totally shameless plug. I work with a conservation a district technician. I think that also taking the eight-hour Produce Safety Alliance grower training is a great first step. It kind of gives an overview and an understanding of the practices that need to be implemented on the farm, and it's a great opportunity to ask questions. Um, I would also say working with a mentoring farmer like Aaron, who understands produce safety and uses those practices on their farm is a great opportunity for new and beginning urban farmers. I would second um, talking with a farmer who's been doing it for a little while, because often maybe contacting um, a food safety person may seem intimidating at first, although they are not. They're actually really wonderful to work with and um, are not out to like check you or they're really out to help and do the education that we all need. But if you feel more comfortable working, you know, and asking questions of a farmer who's been doing it for a little while, um, I mean, make sure their practices are good. Uh, but also, you know, they may have come up with some ingen ingenious ways to, you know, add a hand washing um, station or wash their produce or um, what they use to, uh, to harvest produce in, like all of those things. Um, I've gotten so many different ideas from other farmers who have been doing it for a while and they've found ways to um, problem solve and find, find really good approaches to, to food safety. But definitely there's a lot of educational opportunities out there that uh, it's important and it is your responsibility to educate yourself um, and how to approach food safety in your farm. And I think that um, there are, you know, whether it's an online class or um, all kinds of, there are ways, even if it's reading, to just get a start and start implementing things um, on your farm. And then you can always reach out to people like Micah to, um, to help you problem solve the things that you can't figure out on your own. It's such a big policy. FISMA and the produce safety rule specifically seems so big, especially to some of the small urban farms and beginning farmers I see in our like more densely populated community. And I see people get really overwhelmed by everything they think they have to do. I just don't want anyone to get discouraged. It can be done on any scale, small, medium, or large. And produce safety and food safety can be adapted to any size farm. I think that's one of the things that, um, I mean, as a beginning farmer, when you're, when you're starting out, you want to do everything right. And you want to um, uh, make sure that your food is safe. Like we are growing, many of us grow food because we want to feed our community and we would all be horrified if something happened. 
Um, so this is the way you get in front of it. This is the way you learn about what you need to do. But so many of these things are common sense. You're probably doing them anyways, or you know you need to do them. So reaching out and figuring out what those things are that you could do better is just part of good farm practices. And it is, even though it does seem intimidating, it's so important. And it really is, um, a lot of it are simple fixes that you can do on a really small scale. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out and talking with us today. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, Erin. Yeah, thanks. Good job, Micah. Links or definitions to anything referenced in this episode are provided in our show notes, which can be accessed on the website at canr.msu.edu slash agrifood underscore safety. Thank you to everyone for listening, and don't forget to tune in next month for another episode of our Produce Bites podcast.